0: In today's show, we're looking at all of the action from Tuesday in the NBA, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out pricepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So here we are to talk about the six games on Tuesday. News around the NBA. Let's crack in. First bit of news, Thomas Bryant. Looks like he is back tomorrow. Maybe i um, very, very interested to see how they play this. And I, I put a question out on, on Twitter today asking how many minutes do you think Thomas Bryant gets in his first game back? A lot of people saying 10 minutes, 11 minutes. That's sort of what I think. Some people saying 32, 27, 18, which seems wild to me. Very interested to see a bloke coming back off a torn ACL. How many minutes he plays with two other established centers there? Gafford and Harrell. Yeah, and if you think he's playing twenty minutes, how do the other twenty-eight minutes get distributed? Fourteen apiece for Gafford and Harrell. One of those blokes sits out completely. Twenty minutes for one, eight for the other. Harrell plays at the four. Uh, how how is it going to work? And that's what I when people are always ready to throw. Like someone threw a comment on YouTube the other day. Man, you got you, you you're talking shit. You're hating on Thomas Bryan so much. He's easily going to be a top seventy player this year. My guy, he's never been a top seventy player ever and has to do it coming off an ACL with two other guys there. So when you try to think and project this stuff out, you've got to try and work out how it all fits in. Yeah, Harrell could get traded. He might. They could sit Gafford completely and not play him a single second. Maybe. But I think your expectations on Brian have to be really low. Like, really low. Like, if he doesn't play 20 minutes a night, don't be shocked. Because if he plays 20 minutes a night, that means that Gafford or Harrell, one of those guys, doesn't play 20. One of those guys doesn't probably even play 12 minutes. And is that realistic? I'm not adding Bryant in 12-team leagues. Probably not in 14 teams either. Kelly Linick, the one's report we've got. Oh, yeah, he was working out with G league Oh, cool, Casey. What does that mean? Ah, I'm not telling you. Nah, I'm not going to tell you. All right, cool, thanks. I don't know what this means. I know that Jeremy Grant still was without a timetable, and I don't hate adding Linick. Or I think he's a really solid player who, when given the opportunity, if he gets two weeks without Grant, eh, there's going to be 12-team value there. But it's all going to come down to individual circumstance, whether you can afford a stash when we don't even know when he's coming back. I'm expecting next week for Kelly, but I don't know that. Pacers have got a bunch of guys on verge of return. Malcolm Brogdon's out of COVID protocols, but guess what? His Achilles is still sore. Talked about that on the injury show earlier today. And Levert is questionable out of protocols. Chris Duarte is questionable with paternity. So all these guys are going to return. And then we'll see how that impacts Lance Stevenson, um, Justin Holiday in particular. Kendrick Nunn, we still don't have a timetable on that bloke's return. We're halfway through the season. He hasn't played at all. We don't actually know what the injury is. Um, he's not going to have an impact. The Undertaker's back, though. <clears throat> well, close enough. Dwayne Dedman is questionable to return uh, for tomorrow's game. Do not drop Omer seven just yet. I wouldn't add Dedman. I think there's no chance that Dedman has 12-team league value upon his return. But I wouldn't drop uh, Seven yet. I'd like to see how they run this rotation. And then the, the Thumbboys. Jalen Suggs and Bam Adebayo. It looks like both of those guys could be returning next week. And that's, again, if you haven't seen the injury show, there's some some interesting ones to look at. Obviously, Bam is a much better option than Suggs. And Suggs, I think, can be a 12-team league player. Um, And I don't hate grabbing him. I think he's actually worth probably taking a flyer on, but it really depends, again, on your individual circumstance. Some other news, Draymond Green is not going to play, it looks like, at least in the next two games. Um, Steve Kerr said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, it would be pretty stupid for us to bring him back, just fly him out for the road trip. The road trip's three games. They have a back-to-back coming up and then one more game on the road trip. So probably at least two that he's out. He specifically mentioned the road trip and he mentioned the back-to-back. So at least two, probably three more games out for Draymond. That boosts the value of Iguodala and Porter. There is a back-to-back there, so Porter and Iguodala are gonna sit. It boosts the Dr. Gary Payton's value as well. It boosts Kevon Looney's value. Nemunya Bilitza for very deep leagues also. Let's look at the top ads in fantasy leagues over the last 24 hours. Number one is Kyle Anderson. A little bit of a disappointing game for Anderson today. Up 37%, I get that makes sense, it's worth grabbing him, but I think Steven Adams is gonna be back really soon and then that is gonna have an impact on Anderson's playing time and he probably does become a drop then. Uh, Kevon Looney up 21%, uh, that's a wild overreaction to his last game. Trey Lyles up 20%, the dude's not good and we actually saw why that happened today. He had that weird little run um, fell into the toilet today and I would have no hesitation in dropping him. Nick Batum up 17%, worth doing. Lance Stevenson up 13 a good streamer, literally could come all undone tomorrow. Um, Duncan Robinson up 11%, yeah, not, not fully in on that. Lonnie Walker up 10%, you are going to get at least one more game out of Lonnie. Terence Ross up 5 I like it. Rui Hachimura up 4 no, not at all. Not remotely a 12-team league guy. Um, not remote, remotely. Well, Chris Boucher, injuries have struck, again, He's got great value. He is a 12-team league guy. And he is playing, I'd say, the best basketball of his career. He's in control. He's doing what the team needs. He's putting up numbers and he's getting minutes. Can he sustain? Like, you got 38 or something today. Um, yeah, can he sustain that? No way. But 23 a night? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know about uh, Boucher. Top drops. Duarte down 10%. Yeah, I, I feel that. Dylan Brooks down eight. That's a no injured reserve situation. Patty Mills down eight. Eric Gordon down seven. JaVale McGee down seven. All fine to drop. Nuora down six. Yep. Aaron Wiggins down five. Caleb Martin down five. Yes and yes. Clear drops. Tyus Jones. Well, you were pretty disappointed dropping him after today. We'll talk about that in a little bit more detail later on. But the, I guess the theory and concept behind dropping him made a lot of sense. And Marvin Bagley down five. How he was rostered in 5% of leagues. That's not fair. Because he's a shit house. But he does have at least an ability to bring rebounds in. But I guess people are coming around to the fact that he is actually uh, terrible and he is not a uh, good fantasy player, even remotely close to being a good fantasy player. But I tell you, if you are a good fantasy player, maybe you want to try your skills at Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you haven't checked it out, you're missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It is the best NBA DFS prop operator out there. And they don't just have the superstar blokes. They've got the bench guys too, just getting a handful of minutes a night. Shout out to Eve Pons when he plays. When you go to Price Picks, you sign up, you use our code NBA, you get 100% match deposit bonus up to $100. Whatever props you can think of, points or assists or rebounds or blocks or steals, fantasy points, and you combine two to five different player props together into one entry, it's just you versus the projections. Go over, under, mash them together, you can get up to 10 times your entry fee. And it doesn't just have to be basketball, you can put other sports in there as well for a cross-sport, multiverse Price Picks entry, whatever you want to say. So, use the award-winning app or go to pricepicks.com. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and the payouts are safe and fast. Go to pricepicks.com today, use the promo code NBA, or go to your app store and download the app. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not play- playing Price Picks, you honestly don't know what you're missing. Let's talk about the games. The first one of those was the Oklahoma City Thunder, going to take on the Washington Wizards. The old Wizards. 122, 118. Someone asked me on the pregame show today, Hey Josh, when will Shea break out of his slump? And I said, Mate, that's literally an impossible question for me to answer. It could be today, it could be in three months. It was today. 32 points, 8 assists, 59% shooting, 83 from the line. Now, does one game say that now he is a good shooter? No. He's been at like 29% from three for the year, but obviously it's pretty bloody exciting to get a good shooting game from Shea. My man, Josh Giddy, 36 minutes, 18, 6 and 8, two steals and two threes. You are looking at the 23rd ranked player for the season. No, sorry. No, that's a complete mistake. The 23rd ranked player for the last two weeks. He's up to 92nd for the season. And with these guys, young rookie point guards, it's why you always want to persist. When you see something flashing there and a solid role, you persist through the first four weeks. Oh, he kills my percentages. Oh, that's cool. 18-6 and eight, two steals and two threes. You needed to roster him. You needed to hold him. Now whether that's going to be the same thing for a Jalen Suggs, but look when Cade Cunningham was struggling, you gotta hold. Trey Young is a rookie, you gotta hold. Josh Giddy is a rookie, you gotta hold. You just have to. This is what happens. It is. You wanna talk about patterns and revenge games and contract years and rookie slumps and rookie walls and sophomore slumps, all that's bullshit. This is a pattern. Rookie point guards getting better. It is just what happens. The degree to which they get better changes, but this happens. Baisley, 30 minutes, big minutes, 14-9 and nine in a block. He is one of the better blocks and steals, sorry, blocks and rebounds streamers out there. You don't expect him to be a 71% shooter literally ever. But as a rebound and blocks guy, there's value in base. While Dort had 17-5, and five, two steals, two threes, and shot 43%, which for most players is bad, but for him is actually good. So good to see a bit of a turnaround there for Daughter. They started Robinson Earl and Aaron Wiggins again. Wiggins played 18 minutes. That's rough. 2.6 rebounds, 17%. I don't think that Wiggins is a 12-team league guy. He's more of a 16-teamer, maybe 14-teamer, while Robinson Earl's in that 14-to-16-team mix as well. Pokiszewski has been sent down for a weekly um, a weekly, weekly, stint? No, a week-long stint. That's what I'm trying to say. A week-long stint down in the G League. So yeah. Uh, yeah, his career not going particularly well. For the Wizards, Bradley Beal, back in COVID protocols. We don't really have an explanation as to what the hell happened. He was in protocols about a week and a half ago. So he's out. Um, and as I said, Thomas Bryant coming back tomorrow. They started Kispert in place of Bill, 12-5 and five with two threes, which is just totally serviceable. Like, it's fine. It's a 14-team streamer. But as has happened so many times, Bill is out. Dinwiddie steps up. 22-3 and 10 and two steals. And Spence is going to play the back-to-back now. Back-to-back restriction is off for Dinwiddie. So he's playing tomorrow. The future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, started out on fire. Cooled off a lot. But still, 29, 5, and 3, zero steals, one block. On 71% shooting, unfortunately, he couldn't hit his free throws. But this keeps, the Beal absence, this performance, keeps the sell-high window wide open. Absolutely wide open. So you can sell-high on Kuzma. I wish, it just flicked into my head. Someone told me a wild sell-high trade they did on Kuzma, and I can't remember it, and I wish I could, because it was insanity. Um, And they even asked me, hey, is this a good deal? It was something like, Oh, I can't even think. It was like Kuzma for Ananobi. Is that a good deal? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, he's playing really well. KCP had 16 points in 30 minutes. Solid 12-team stream option with Bielo out. And then Hachimura had 7 in 15 minutes. Great to have the guy back, but no, not for fantasy. Dan Gafford played 23 and Harold played 24 in his return. 12 and 7 for Montrez and 6 and 7 for Gaff. Holding them. Actually, Harold, I'm not holding. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. I don't think it's getting easy with Bryant back, but I am holding Gafford. Um, I don't know where it's going. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where it's going to go when uh, Bryant is back and what they're going to do. There are a lot of question marks, and probably the most realistic outcome is that none of those three become absolute 12-team staples. They all just become fringy sort of blokes who are probably more suited to 14 to 16-team leagues, some even deeper. Second game, the Suns and the Raptors. The Suns get a big win on the road. They didn't do the thing of sending all their stars home and not going to Toronto. They brought everyone, and they get the win, 99-95 against the Raptors. Chrissy Paul had 15, 12 assists with five steals, while Aiton, 16 and 9 in only 30 minutes. Ayton continues to just be, like, fine. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, he's just fine. And that has its value, but it's not pushing into anything big. There was no Cam Johnson, so we got your mate, Jay Crowder, pushing into big minutes. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. This was the good one. 19 points with 5 threes, 5 rebounds and 2 steals. Of course, we don't trust Jay Crowder to do this literally ever. But as a stream option when Johnson's out, no worries. And with Johnson out, they played sticks. Jalen Smith, 7-5 and five in 18 minutes. Had to get some minutes there at the 4, and that's fine. Not a 12-team league player, of course, and he goes back to very minimal minutes when uh, Johnson returns. Stuff, stuff. I was going to say shithouse and terribly tough game for Booker, but it said stuff. Uh, 16 game, sixteen points in 31% shooting in 36 minutes for Booker. Well, you're going to be shocked. Mikhail Bridges struggled again. I don't know what's going on with this bloke. Struggling really hard. 12 points on 12 shots with three rebounds for Bridges. Booker's probably a little bit of a buy low at the moment, and Bridges is just a perennial buy low, whereas at this point, I'm not even convinced he gets value back. McGee, yeah, look, JaVale's a a streamer, but he played 14 minutes in this game, and with Sticks and Biombo getting a little bit of playing time, it is impacting him somewhat. For the Raptors, as I said, there was no Trent, there was no Barnes, so Boucher went off. 37 minutes, 13 and 16 with three blocks. That's great. Now, unfortunately, the shooting wasn't good, and he had nothing else. He didn't hit a three, but really, really strong rebounding. Nine offensive rebounds is craziness. And this is what I mean um, before, it was what I mean in terms of putting in the numbers, or putting in the great performances, like attacking the offensive glass like that for Boucher is really impressive. For now, he is a 12-team guy. Don't know if it persists, but for now, where well, these guys out, it is. Siakam, 22-7-7. and It 7. continues to play really well. And Van Vliet, 44 minutes. My guy, he's up on the bloke. He's going to die. 21, 2-5, two, two steals and four threes. The big tree, Ken Birch, played 26 and had 6-6, six six, while the big sneeze, Precious Achua, played 22 and had 6-6 six six as well. Neither of those guys are 12-team league options. While Justin Champagne, he um, outplayed Sfima Luke and to Watanabe. We'll see what his rotation role can be, but I thought he played pretty well. Luke just looks terrible at the moment. While Watanabe, uh, back from COVID, went scoreless in 15 minutes in a surprise start. I don't think they'll be persisting with him as a starter, but you never know, I guess. Um, All right, let's go on to the next game, the Minnesota oh, actually, no, before we do on to the next game, let me get these out of the way, because, you know, I'm absolutely chomping at the bit, and I wish I was, in fact, chomping on a built Bar, but I'm chomping at the bit to tell you about built Bar, because built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Get your candy bars and piss them off. Get them straight into the rubbish, because they are full of sugar, full of fat, full of calories, where built Bar isn't. 4 grams of sugar in a bar, 130 calories only, and filled with 17 grams of protein and at least 69.420 deliciousness index ratings. Cookies and cream flavor, sick. Coconut, very nice. Orange, awesome. And if you're looking to shed those pounds or kilos, depending on where you live and what measurement system you use, Built Bar could be just that brilliant, delicious treat alternative Plus, a great way to stack in protein. So go to built.com, use our code LOCKED15, that's locked 15 and get yourself 15% off your boxes of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. It is the number one spot for all your sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, it's a new me, it's a new you, and it's a new updated desktop site along with their mobile site where you can go and sign up. And if you do that using our code Locked On, you get a 50% welcome match deposit bonus. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait, and take advantage of all of the great offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Next one. Minnesota Timberwolves fall to the Pelicans. Disappointing loss here. Brandon Ingram gets the game winner. 128-125 uh, is the final score. Goose, Anthony Edwards. 28 points, six triples, five assists and a steal. Pretty good numbers. Towns, twenty six, eight and five, three steals on a block. Good. D'Angelo Russell, eighteen, one and ten. Good. Impressive to see Malik Beasley play 30. He had 18 points, all of that from three. Of course, nothing else. And it was on the back of just shooting that was very good, 75%. It would also help that Jalen Noel went to the locker room after playing two minutes and gave, gave Beasley those extra minutes. Do not buy into this with Beasley. Do not add him. Patrick Beverley, 10-3-2, three, three steals and a block. He maintains his value as a 12-team league guy. And Jared Vanderbilt Der Biltbar only played 26 minutes. He did foul out in that time, but 8-5 and five with three steals. Must roster 12-teamer. McDaniels went to the bench, played 28 minutes, 9-6 is alright, but it's not anything that I look at as a must-roster 12-teamer. On to the Pelicans, Ingram, 33 points, 9 assists, 6 dribbles, he was awesome in this game, he's been playing really well, 52 fantasy points. Josh the Hitman Hart returned, 36 minutes, 21-9-5, and five. great to have him back, that's the buy-low bump right there, while Jonas Valanciunas... Jonas Only 28 minutes for Jonas, but 13, 12, and 5 gets it done. He has dropped off since that red hot start, but still good numbers. While Herbalife Jones, only 25 minutes for Herb, a little bit of foul trouble, no defensive stats, no rebounds, and 14 points. He shot the ball well, continues to shoot well from the line. These are the sort of games that have informed my thoughts of, yeah, look, he's got some short-term-ish value, but I'm a little, I think he's playing over his head, and it will drop off. He still is a 12-team league guy, but this that level of shooting paired with usage, paired with steals, paired with blocks, didn't feel like it had an ability to sustain. We'll see where it goes from here. Nikhil Alexander-Walker got more minutes, 27 of them in fact, but only 9 points and barely took any shots. So maybe it was just someone else in his body. 6 assists is good, and I just, I just don't buy any of that. While uh, Jose Alvarado kept the backup point guard job over Thomas Sadaransky. That's important for those of you in 30-team leagues. While Jackson Hayes had 13 points, but 1 rebound? One uh, in 19 minutes. He was a historically bad rebounder in college. Um, So yeah, let's go on to the next game: the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies win it, 116-108. Steph, I think he's back, but the shooting's still off: 27-10 and 10 on 38%, nine of 10 from the line. While the doctor, Gary Payton, 13 and five with three steals. And with Draymond Green out and out for the next three. Peyton started the second half here over one Toscano-Anderson. And his ability to get steals means he can be at least streamed. Clay Thompson played 20 minutes, had 14 points. He shot 39%. Very much mirror image of that first game. Sky-high usage, low minutes, low efficiency. He had 37 usage in this one. He had a steal on a block, which is good. Like these numbers are okay. You knew this is what happened if you did have him and drafted him and stashed him that it was going to be some rough efficiency numbers and low minutes to begin with. And I think it's going to persist for a while but it is just awesome having him out there. I think Jordan Poole's got to be a drop. I'm more looking at the 22 minutes. Like 12 points is nice. 27% shooting shit house of course. Two blocks is good but not realistic and he played 22 minutes. Like I just think that if you do need to create a roster space he's going to be the worst guy on your team and that means get rid of him. Wiggins... Uh, game two of how does he coexist with Clay Thompson? And the answer is still not well. Thirteen and four with three threes. I'm not giving up on him by all means, but it hasn't been great for his fantasy stats. While Porter played 28 minutes and had nine and six, and Toscano Anderson started, did not play well at all and didn't play again after that first uh, initial stint. While Looney had six and six, the amount of people adding him didn't make a lot of sense. Again, it was a streamer for today, um, and yeah, that, that's fine. And then you go ahead and drop him. For the Grizzlies, Morant played 37 minutes, 29, 5, and 8 with two blocks. His team is 20 and 4 over their last 24 games. On fire. 51 fantasy pointers for Ja Morant. Jaron Jackson, 22 minutes because he had foul trial. But when he gets 13, 11, two steals and three blocks, you feel all right about it? I think. I guess the main part of it, you go, shit, if he only played seven more minutes. Big numbers. Tyus Jones, 23 minutes, 17, 6, and 8 with five threes. That came out of nowhere. I don't think that those numbers in 23 minutes is anything realistic for Tyce, which in this was almost literally the best game of his career. So can he be a 12-team league guy? I guess, sure, theoretically, there is something there, but I don't really fully buy that. They started Zaire Williams again in place of Dylan Brooks, and he scored 17 points. He doesn't do much else, and I don't think he's a 12- or 14-team league ad, but it was really, really disappointing for the way he pulled DeAnthony Melton. At the start of the season, when Brooks was out, melton would start and play 27 minutes 28 minutes a night and was a top 70 guy comfortably this time brooks is out and it's not even taylor jenkins there's another coach i don't even know who the other coach is at the moment um he's saying oh well, screw that shit. we're playing you under 20 a night." he was a must add as soon as brooks went down because we've seen it we have seen it already this season and as we have said a million times when brooks is out melton puts up value when brooks comes back you drop him we have said that millions of times this season right So, you, oh, you say he's a must add, then he's a must drop. Yeah, because that's how it works. This time, he was a must add because everything was indicating to me that you add him. And then we get this bullshit. Two points on 17% in 12 minutes. There was foul trouble there. His last three games, he has shot under 30% from the field. And the minutes are low. I understand the frustrations, I understand dropping him. Will he continue to play under 20 minutes a night while Brooks is out? I find that extraordinarily hard to believe. I find it impossible to believe that any player, let alone DeAnthony Melton, will shoot under 30% from the field. I think that there was going to be a game where he has 18 points on seven shots with six assists, three steals, and two blocks, and it's going to come in the next week. I will hold because I trust what I have seen from him in the past when given the minutes and how the team has worked when he's been given the minutes. My only hesitation is, is they're not giving him the minutes. And that's my worry there. Des Bain also struggled. 11 points on 21%. He had three threes. Probably the first real bad efficiency game of, of Baino's season. We're still holding him, of course. But he was getting by on some really ridiculously good shooting numbers. Um, Brandon Clarky-Clark. 26 minutes, 14-9, a steal, two blocks, while Anderson had eight and four with three steals and a block. Good numbers from both of those blokes. Good enough for 12s, but... When Steve Adams returns, I think Anderson loses quite a bit. He moves back to the bench. Maybe if they keep starting him and put Bane at the two, that is possible. But they have shown a proclivity not to do that. Um, and I think both these guys might turn more into streaming 12s than must roster 12s. The next game, just just a epic ass-kicking. The Bulls just kill the Pistons. 87-133. to 133. But, of course, after I said I'm done with this bloke, Elf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galars. 11 and 7 with four blocks. He played 28 minutes. That is absolutely acceptable. Do I trust it? Nah, I don't. It's what he should get every single night, and his shot blocking's been really important lately. But I don't trust it, especially with the Linux maybe coming back. And Trey Lyles went back to being shit house. Six points on six shots in 15 minutes. I would drop him, no problem. Um. MC Hamadou Diallo, only 18 minutes for Diallo. Seven boards is nice, two steals is nice, but we have seen the playing time come to a screeching halt. That's 24 or under in four consecutive games. Some of this was, I think there was some foul trouble here, a little bit, not much. Um, but he's just a guy that I don't think is that good. And we're, he needed his peak value was in like 37 minutes a night, getting 30% usage. And there's no realism in that continuing. The depressed penis, Sadiq Bay, 37 minutes, 14 points. The volume was there, but the shot was off. He's going to be up and down. We know that. We hold him for now, at least until Grant returns. And we got 33 minutes finally out of Killian Hayes because Corey Joseph was out. Eight points in 33 minutes is not good. Five assists and four steals is. I don't have any trust in him to be a 12 or 14 team league guy, but at least in those deeper formats for a st- streaming options for those stats, yeah, maybe. Joshie Jackson stepped up, 16 points in 29 minutes, but he's just not a bloke that I trust to be consistent at all. For the Bulls, just easy stuff. No one played big minutes, 20, 12, and 7 for DeRozan, 18, 6, and 5 with four threes for Lonzo. Vooch had 22 in 27. Levine had a bit disappointing night, 10 points on 10 shots with nine rebounds and seven assists, and Kobe White had 13 in 23 minutes. I think White is a drop, especially with Caruso's return looming. DeSumnu played 27 minutes. He's not a very good fantasy player, but defensively, he's really strong out there, 10 points in his time. Well, Jones played just the 13 minutes and didn't do a huge amount. I don't really think, oh, actually, let's talk Troy Brown, because <clears throat> that's great. 25 minutes, 7 points, but 7 boards, 5 assists, and 6 steals. He's a guy that's never been going to be a high scorer or a high usage player, but can pass, can rebound, and can steal. Now, the 25 minutes that he got here is because Jones struggled and had some foul trouble, and Caruso is out, and Green is out. So I'm not overreacting to anything here with Brown, but it's just something to always, I guess, keep in the back of your mind that if he can find a role like this, there is an ability for him to produce. All right, let's go to the last game of the night, which was pretty crazy, to be honest. Um, the Nuggets were up huge. 25 points halfway through the third quarter, and they end up losing 87-85 to the Clippers. Low scoring game, just weird. What a comeback though by the Clippers. Let's talk Nuggets first. Big game from Aaron Gordon. He'd been shitful prior to this, but 30-12 and 12 is excellent on And we all love this 69% shooting giggity um that's great 7-7 from the line as well prior to this he was 278th in the last two weeks we're holding him but it's good turnaround big chungus had 21 13 and eight not his base best game but still all right well Monty morris had 11 3 and 5 which is just adequate like it's just totally adequate it's fine it's the royce o'neill of point guards he's if you're on the back end of your roster you go "Ah, okay fine whatever if he's on the waiver wire. Well, you look at him and go, I guess maybe. Like, there's no upside in him. Faku had five assists and missed all six of his shots. Yeah, cool. While Jermichael Green continued to start over Jeff Green, and neither of them are interesting. 12 points for Jeffy, zero points for Jermichael in his 18 minutes, and they are just very deep league options. While the big stiffy bones, Highland, yeah, he is way out of favour. Zero points in eight minutes while they played Davon Reed, 14 minutes, and Austin Rivers. Had a bad incident, apparently. Um, an allergic reaction had to be hospitalized. Played through it, but he is not a good fantasy player. Four points in 30 minutes on 0-4 shooting. He is the deepest of deep, deep league guys. For the Clippers, we've got to look at the Farmers Union. Amir Coffey. 43 minutes, 18-5-7, and seven, four steals and 3 3. So There's a lot there that's not real. 43 minutes, of course, four steals, and of course, seven assists. Probably not. But he's taking huge steps forward, and I do not mind adding him in 12-10 leagues. I would add him over Terence Mann. Nick Batum, probably not Marcus Morris, <clears throat> maybe Reggie Jackson. Pre-game, Ty Lu made a comment that he wants to keep someone like Coffey in the starting lineup, even when, say, a Paul George comes back, because of the length and size. And I think the way he's playing, he's, he's right. Like, I dropped Terrence Mann. He had 13 points in 20. I would have dropped him uh, weeks ago, to be honest. Well, Bledsoe, without Luke Kennard, continues to be all right. 11-3-9 with three steals. It's very hard to rely upon Bledsoe. But for now, there's something there. Batum's a streamer. We would have streamed him in today. He shit the bed. This is what he does. He's not a must roster player. Uh, Six points with two threes. You added him for today. It didn't work out. You drop him. No worries. Six points there while uh, Zubats, what a stinker. Two points in 10 minutes. Nothing else. No rebounds. Shout out to my over seven and a half um, rebound line for Zubats. He got fouls really early. Ended up with four of them. Um, He's 117th ranked player before this game this season. I think Hardenstein's going to impact him. I think you do hold him. But if I'm in a 10-team league, he's not a must-roster player, Zubats. He'll have good games, he'll have solid games, but he's just not there. Um, Stinger from Marcus Morris as well, 12 points on 15 shots. He was red hot, like top 40 red hot. He's not that player. Um, And we've seen the last two really, really drop him off. I think he's like a guy you look at as 100 and then probably 150th when Paul George does return or if Paul George returns. Abaka had... 22 minutes for nine boards. Again, opportunity with Zubats in foul trouble. That didn't close with the Barker. They just went small. And Serge, I don't think he's going to remain a roster or a rotation player more accurately uh, as we move forward. Did I mention Reggie Jackson? I don't think I did. I'll do it now though. 13, three and four in 31 minutes with two steals. Now, before I go into the lines of the night, something did happen for the Wizards. Apparently, there was a punch-on between Montrez Harrell and Kentavious Caldwell Pope at halftime. Now, talked a lot about Tom Bryant at the start and said, "You know, it's hard for him to see you know 25 plus minutes for him. Definitely not tomorrow, but moving forward. But I don't know, man. Montrez Harrell, I feel like creates problems in locker rooms. There was a problem with him with the Lakers. There's a problem with him now with the Wizards. He's punching on with a bloke that he's been teammates with before in KCP. I th- I'm, I'm I don't I don't think Harrell's a 12-10 lead guy. I've said that for a long time." Um, I think that maybe he's traded. Maybe he gets benched. I don't know what the outcome of this is. But everything that I've heard about Harrell, when I go, there's an altercation between him and KCP. My mind, perhaps wrongly, just goes, oh, well, Harold was being a dickhead. That's where my mind goes with it. Does this mean that I think Tom Bryant's a must-add now? No, I, I still don't. He's a big man coming off a torn ACL who's not as good. Some people think this guy is the best player in the world. I just don't share that evaluation. I could be really wrong. And if you want to take the flyer, there is nothing wrong with you doing it. I just don't see it. I do not see Thomas Bryant being a 12-team staple for the rest of this season. I just don't see it. But the Harrell thing here, it's interesting. Let's look at the lines of the night. Monstrous is Brandon Ingram. Your waiver wire line of the night is Tyus Jones. He was really good. Hard to replicate that, but yeah, 14 teams at least. Your um, young gun is Goose, Anthony Edwards, and your dart of the night, of course, is if it's a, I tell a man's not hot. Top ten players today. Number one was Ingram, then Aaron Gordon, Steph Curry was three. Jokic was four. Tyus Jones, Lonzo Ball, Chris Paul, Spencer Dinwiddie, Anthony Edwards, and Shea Gildas Alexander. The guys available on waiver wise. Jones was at one. Amir Coffee was at two. Yep, add, I'd add Coffey. Crowder, yep, stream him in. He's at three. Baisley at four. No, not really. Troy Brown, fluky, Malik Beasley. No for 12s, maybe 14s. The Dr. Gary Payton, nice steel streamer with some 14-team value, especially with Draymond out. Corey Kispert, no. Zaire Williams, deeper leagues, and Davis Batans, no way. And then into points leagues, number one was Steph Curry, followed by Ingram, Towns, Morant, Paul, Dinwiddie, Siakam, Gildas Alexander, The Farmers Union, Amir, Coffey, and Lonzo Ball. Guys, that'll do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts your Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.